myself Hand off his box, a box of chocolates Would I eat them anyway? Cause every time I have half a mind to leave you, babe That means I have half a mind to stay It's Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. This is Mike. Pandora's Lunchbox is a show about food whenever we can help it. And this being the barbecue season, it seems like a good time. It's high time to explain, figure out, investigate several other verbs. What is the real white meat? Could it be rabbit? Could it be shark? It's hard to say, but we will explore that in the next half hour. And at some point, we might accidentally give you some useful information for which... I apologize in advance. But in the meantime, is it rabbit?
That's the White Ravens and Rabbit from their latest album, Gargoyles and Weather Veins. And our panel says, no, Rabbit is not the other white meat. And they're also mentioning gargoyles are not also the other white meat as well either. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. What is the other white meat? Well, some of that white meat is heading our way. It's about to invade Michigan. What does that mean? Well, a single Asian carp, the invasive, voracious Asian carp. Isn't there a song about them, Big Bad Carp or something? A single Asian carp was found six miles from Lake Michigan. It's the first one to be found beyond electric barriers that are meant to keep the Asian carp out of the Great Lakes. Commercial fishermen landed the three-foot-long, 20-pound, big-head carp in Lake Calumet on Chicago's south side, hanging out on the street just looking for directions, about six miles from Lake Michigan. Officials say they need more information to determine the significance of the find. Environmental groups say the discovery leaves no doubt that other Asian carp have breached barriers designed to prevent them from migrating from the Mississippi River system to the Great Lakes and proves that the government needs to act faster. Scientists and fishermen fear that if the carp become established in the Great Lakes, they could starve out popular sports species and ruin the region's fishing industry. Asian carp can grow to 4 feet and 100 pounds and eat up to 40% of their bodily weight daily all in white meat. And what now about what what kind of technology can be used to take care of them? Well, there are a number of possibilities. There's a press release from the American Waterways operators. They're trying to stop people who want to cut off the Asian carp with actual... Well, some people want to actually totally seal off the Mississippi River from the Great Lakes, possibly using one of those giant L's from the weather maps, just land it right in the spot there, a big red L right on the spot, spot L for carp, of course. But the American Waterways Operators says you need to be able to get ships to go through. So they are suggesting, I see this on a press release, acoustic and bubble technology. So get out your acoustic guitar, sing songs of love to the carp, start blowing bubbles and say, ooh, carp, look over there, bubbles, there they go, and then the carp will follow the bubbles. So that is the scientific portion of our program. I hope that you've enjoyed it. But in fact, it was a big head carp. Big head or was it a colossal head?
do the colossal head because Los Lobos told you to. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, and enough with the carp. I don't think our panel says, no, the carp is not the other white meat. Well, there was some controversy the other day about what is the white meat, and I have a lot of documents, which I'm unsealing right now, in the court of public opinion about that. See, it seems as if there was a website called Think Geek, and you know with a name like that they must be totally serious. On April Fool's Day, again a sign that these guys must be totally serious about this, they put on their website an advertisement for a fake unicorn meat product. Fake unicorn meat. They called it the new white meat. They described it as an excellent source of sparkles. But you know what? They got served, so to speak. They got served from the National Pork Board, which said it was only protecting its trademark when it issued cease and desist warnings to online retailer ThinkGeek. The 12-page letter from the board's law firm was no joke. Yeah, that's true. We certainly offered our apologies, said the CEO of GeekNet, Inc., the parent company of ThinkGeek. It was not our intention to confuse the public as to the attributes and qualities of the two meats. In a public apology, ThinkGeek said its non-existent canned unicorn meat is sparkly, a bit red, and not approved by any government entity. We certainly understand that unicorns don't exist, said C.C. Snyder, vice president of the Mar- uh, Bryce, blah, 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 vice president of marketing for the National Pork Board, known for its enormous sense of humor. Yes, it's funny, but if you don't respond, you are opening your trademark up to challenges. The council says it is in discussions with the company. When we feel victimized, said the guy from ThinkGeek, I don't know of another organization that does more to promote pork products than our site, noting that the company sells about 20 real items related to bacon, such as bacon gumballs and bacon soap. ThinkGeek also launches mock products every April Fool's Day. The company said it was surprised that the board did not raise any concerns about another prank item this year called My First Bacon, a talking stuffed toy that looked like a piece of bacon. To be attacked in this manner, given all that we do for pork, the irony is not lost on us, said the fellow from ThinkGeek. Hmm, April Fool's Day. I wonder if they were serious about that and whether we should steamroller them in a lawsuit. That sounds like fun. Now, here's another thing. You can see on the web what I think is the satirical meat on a different website called metastackoverflow.com. Basically, you want to look up a question that says, please post your favorite unicorn recipes. If you look up, please post your favorite unicorn recipes in a search engine, you will find, possibly, hopefully, an image of unicorn meat in a can from Radiant Farms. It says, excellent source of sparkles, magic in every bite, a product of Ireland, of course. And it does, in fact, have sparkles. It is an extremely appetizing piece of reddish-brown meat in a can shape with bluish-greenish sparkles, which is what you pretty much want in every meal that you eat. Also on this website are other people's suggestions for unicorn recipes. Again, no satire here. This is totally serious. Now, marinate four fillets of prime unicorn meat in the following. One cup of aged balsamic vinegar, two tablespoons of rosemary, eight large peppercorns whole, two heavy pinches of salt, and if desired, add ground unicorn horn for a little extra kick. Marinate for two hours or overnight for best results. Sear the meat on both sides and finish in the oven at 350 degrees. Serve with hearty vegetables and a delicate red wine such as Burgundy. A simple but elegant dinner for any special occasion. 
Isn't that just beautiful? Some unicorn recipes. And oh, here's something that kind of throws uh, a monkey wrench into the unicorn fixer thing. There is, in fact, uh, an alcoholic drink called unicorn. So what is real and what is not real? Unicorn recipe. The following unicorn recipe is from drinksmixer.com. Two parts Bailey's Irish cream, one part brandy, one part coffee liqueur, one part vodka, one dash orange liqueur, one dash melon liqueur, two parts milk. And if you drink this, you will probably see many, many unicorns. But is unicorn the real white meat? Our panel says undecided. Needs more evidence. Okay. Let's try to find more evidence of the connection between pork and unicorns, shall we? Mr. Andre Williams? All my friends was uh, glad to see me Seen some down by the railroad track Seen some cotton pickers with their sacks on their backs They say, hey man, we're glad to see you back We got a new dance they call uh, Bacon Fat It goes Help yourself, young. Then you go. Oh, but the chicken was never like this. Yeah. Oh, I feel like I wanna holler, but the town's too small. And messy. Now then I went down to see my local DJ. His name is Kane, he lived down Tennessee way. I said, hey man, what's this new kind of jump? Well, you wind up twice and then you end up with a bump. He said, dig daddy, this is a natural fact. It's a sweep in the south, that thing, the bacon fat. You go, oh, how messy. Entertain the people, youngin. Oh, help yourself. Oh, have mercy. Mm-hmm. Oh, now play it good. Now play it good. Have mercy. Have mercy. That's Andre Williams and Bacon Fat. Panel, does that help? 
The panel's shaking its head. No, we don't know yet what the other white meat truly is. Do not sue me. This is Pandora's Lunchbox. I am Mike Still. And in about 10 minutes, we're going to have Face the Music with Our Wolf. Many, many, much Polish music and other wonderful things starting at 7 o'clock. In the meantime, still inconclusive here about what is the real white meat. Is it unicorn? Is it bacon slash pork? Uh, it looks like the carp lobby has just invaded the lobby here, and they're ding- dancing. Here we go. Get your big head on the floor. Get your big head on the floor. Say the proponents of the big head carp that was found near Chicago, hanging out on a street corner looking for directions. Get your big head on the floor. That's Ms. Jade actually doing that. Well, she is a part of the uh, National Asian Carp Lobby, so it would be understandable. Speaking of which, references of carp, references to carp in popular culture may help illuminate this. In the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, again, meat. That's not white meat, though. In the movie Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, there is a quote. Flint, Lo- Flint Lockwood says, Come on, Steve, we've got a diem to carp. In the film Out Cold, Pigpen misuses the phrase saying, Carpe the diem, seize the carp. Wouldn't that be Carpe the carp? I don't know. In the film Miss Doubtfire, Robin Williams, playing a nanny in old lady drag, accidentally loses his false false teeth into a glass of water. As he pulls them out, he declares, Carpe dentum, seize the teeth. That surely proves something or other. But in the meantime, there's more evidence here about unicorns. In fact, you can find more information about unicorns in a number of places, one of which is the Severed Unicorn Heads website. The Severed Unicorn Head Superstore is at, of all things, SeveredUnicornHeadSuperstore.com. A bunch of local folks, Ypsilanti and Ann Arbor folks, have this website where they can sell you uh, Severed Severed Unicorn Heads Are For Lovers t-shirts, authentic unicorn poop, and some customized unicorn record paintings, as well as note cards with Severed Unicorn Heads on them, and lovely t-shirts of love for severed unicorn heads. And it looks like the authentic unicorn blood thermometer has been sold, but you can find out much more about all of this at SeveredUnicornHeadSuperstore.com. In addition, there is a unicorn skeleton that was actually built in 1678 by scientist Otto von Guericke using the remains of a woolly, woolly rhinoceros, a mammoth, and the horn of a narwhal. And narwhal is very key. Maybe, is that the the exhibit near the entrance of the zoo? The exhibit is near the entrance of a zoo in Germany, this unicorn skeleton. And in fact, here's a thought about narwhals. Unicorn horns, so-called, were often found in cabinets of curiosities in medieval and Renaissance Europe. In fact, Elizabeth I of England kept a unicorn horn in her cabinet of curiosities, brought back by Arctic explorer Martin Frobisher on his return from Labrador in 1577. The usual depiction of the spiral unicorn derives from these horns of the narwhals. The truth of the tusk's origin developed gradually during the age of exploration, as explorers and naturalists began to actually visit regions like Labrador themselves and find these narwhals with a pointy horn on them that didn't have hearts flying over their heads or rainbows or any of those things, but were in fact narwhals. Another possible piece of evidence here 
This is from an item in the New York, from an item. It's from an item. I don't remember where. There is a $40 sandwich in New York City. This is true. Linda Linda Dimian talks about this at the Jezelin's Gourmet Market in New York at 6th Avenue and 20th Street. It sells a sandwich called the Conquistador. The sandwich features the crown jewel of Spanish ham called Jamón Ibérico de Belota. The meat, derived from the black Iberian pig of Spain, is served inside a plain, crispy baguette so as to not alter the flavors of what has been called the finest ham in the world. The rare meat accounts for 8% of Spain's ham production. In addition to the sandwich, the market will also sell the meat carved from the thigh of the Iberico for $150 per pound. And they sell by the slice, too. Now, there's a lovely picture of this if you look up the Conquistador sandwich in New York. Something about the reddish-brown color of the meat looks strangely familiar, strangely similar to the color of the meat on the canned unicorn meat with the sparkles, only the sandwich doesn't have the sparkles. Hmm. Unicorns, pork. What is the real white meat, and is it actually white? And one other thing. Before we leave, this is important. This is from the Associated Press. An Arizona restaurant owner dreamed up a novelty meal to give customers a South African experience during the World Cup, but serving burgers made with African lion meat has generated protests. The owner says his restaurant has received a bomb threat and more than 150 emails from protesters. He says African lions are on the protected list, but not endangered. The restaurant ordered 10 pounds of African lion meat from where? From a USDA-regulated free-range farm in Illinois, which the owner says he researched to make sure they were humane. It's mixed with ground beef, and the restaurant says it's serving about 15 burgers a day. USDA spokesman Jim Brownlee says lion meat is an uncommon dish, but he knew of no prohibitions against it. And in addition, I had a talk with Tex, who was one of the hosts of the Down Home Show on Saturday on WCBN. He says he has tried a lion burger, couldn't resist. I wonder if I could resist. He found it at a place called Dixie Dave's in Birch Run, Michigan. They said they got it at a farm in Illinois, presumably the same place. He says he wouldn't order it again. It has a weird metallic taste. I'm starting to sense connections here. Think about the unicorn meat with those sparkles. They looked kind of metallic, those sparkles. And the Conquistador sandwich and the lion meat. It's all becoming clear to me now. The narwhal, and the unicorn, and the pork, and the conquistador, these are all the real white meat. Was that a good enough climax to the show? I don't know that it was. I'm not terribly satisfied with that, but nonetheless, there's the conclusion to the show. These are all, all of the above, are the real white meat. Yes, they are. And the lawsuits may now begin now. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox. I've been Mike. Just a quick thought. Top of the Park continues in Ann Arbor. Still going on. The Charlotte Bluegrass Festival started today and continues Friday and Saturday at the Eaton County Fairgrounds. There's going to be a whole lot of music all over the place. Dread Zeppelin is playing in Westland on Friday, tomorrow, and so much more going on. Get out there and look for it. Betty Levette is at the Ark this Sunday. Gorge yourselves on music, people. Thank you so much. This has been Pandora's Lunchbox, a show very loosely about food. I've been Mike. Our will help us to face the music in just a moment. And now, one last song from the anti-carp lobby. Again, carp being one of the many, many other forms of other white meat other. Here we are. Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. 
too many fish in the sea, and three little fishes all at once if you can handle it. Thank you for listening. This is WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Thanks, Mike. As always, Mike Perini taking care of us on Thursday evenings. Good evening. This is WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 megahertz. It's experimental, experiential, student-run radio from the University of Michigan, run by students with lots and lots of community involvement. This show is Face the Music, and tonight we've decided for many reasons that it should consist pretty much entirely of vintage music from Eastern Europe, specifically Polish music. Let's start with an Oberic. Are you ready? Well, let's go. (laughs) ¶¶ 
Thank you.